Welcome to Thinking Like a Region. I'm Dr. Lisa Donovan, a professor at Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts. Our podcast explores the direct connections between arts learning and workforce skills through stories from some of the most interesting voices in Berkshire County, Massachusetts. The Berkshires are a culture-rich area, home to world-class arts and cultural institutions where the skills that the arts naturally cultivate are always on display. By making the value of these skills visible, we can advance the importance of the arts while we think like a region. Come, think with us. Welcome to Thinking Like a Region. My name is Sam Bonney. I'm a student at the Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, and today I'm joined by Tessa Kelly, who is the co-founder and design director of MassHeads in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in the Berkshires and your story in the Berkshires? Of course. So I was born in Pittsfield, and I am the fourth generation of my family to live in the Berkshires. I went to Williams College, so stayed pretty close by for college. I then went to the Harvard Graduate School of Design and lived in Cambridge and Connecticut for several years and then came back to the Berkshires to start an architecture practice with my husband, who's also my partner, Chris Parkinson when we received a grant in partnership with the city of Pittsfield from the National Endowment for the Arts to start the project that would then become the Mastheads. So really the Mastheads is what brought us back to the Berkshires. And when we first moved back, um, I don't know that we thought there would be further opportunities for us to stick Mm -hmm. around here after getting the project off the ground. But two things happened. One, we realized that the creation of the Mastheads was much more than just the design and construction of the studios. It was actually an assemblage of a wonderful team and a wonderful co-supporting network of programs that really would take many years of presence and persistence to develop and grow. So we have now wound up building a practice here over the past six years or so. And the Mastheads for us kind of created a blueprint for how, as architects, we can actually envision and proactively produce projects as opposed to waiting for and expecting clients to necessarily bring transformational ideas to us. So what is MassHeads? Where did the idea come from to start out? So the idea started as my master's thesis at Harvard. Our fourth year of grad school, every student has to come up with some sort of design project that they want to pursue over the course of a year. And I knew that I wanted to do something in Pittsfield because the trajectory of my experience in architecture school for the first three years had been very focused on big cities and enormous budgets. And I felt like I was learning how to be an architect in a very alien set of circumstances to what I had actually grown up around. 
So I wanted to use that experience to figure out how can I use and kind of modify these skills to be something that can apply to a place like the place I grew up, Pittsfield. So I knew that I needed to do something that was not of a huge budget, and I knew that I needed to do something that was a little more dispersed in nature and not rely on actually having control of a large parcel of land. The idea that I developed in the school version of the project was four families of architectural interventions that could happen in Pittsfield, each one trying to illuminate an under-recognized element of Pittsfield's history. So the first one was the relationship between the Mohicans and the Housatonic River. The second was paper and textile mills and the unique architectural component of the super tall smokestack that appears mm-hmm. throughout the city of Pittsfield and how those abandoned smokestacks might be reimagined to create different viewing opportunities right. or cultural connections. The third one was the mid-19th century writers and creating mobile writing studios, which became the Mastids. And the final one was looking at GE and how GE engaged with the natural world and the natural environment. So I mentioned there were four parts. I wound up presenting this project at the Berkshire Museum right after I finished graduate school and not really having any idea or understanding that any of it would ever become real or could I couldn't imagine how any of it would become real. But shortly afterwards, the then director of cultural development for the city of Pittsfield, Megan Wilden, just approached me at the Pittsfield Farmers Market one weekend and was like, hey, there's an upcoming deadline for an NEA grant. What would you think of? I really like the the part of your project about the writer studios. What would you think of collaborating with the city of Pittsfield to write this grant proposal? So that was the moment where it started to feel like, oh, there might really be an opportunity here to turn part of this imagined theoretical project into something real. Yeah. And so that first grant we did not get, but then we applied again for the next round and we did get it. And then we went into, I'd say like two to three years of just problem solving mode. How do we raise the money to actually build the studios because the grant had been for more soft cost planning related Mm -hmm. things. So then we had to raise a little over $200,000 to build the studios. We had no experience fundraising. This was also the first grant we had ever written. So we were just diving headlong into this process. We started trying to learn how to fundraise. We were having these little events where we would kind of be begging for $25 checks and we realized that's not going to go very well. (laughs) So so then we started learning more about what the fundraising landscape is in the Berkshires, what foundations there are that give to projects like this. And we also created two really key partnerships with what would then become the core team of thinkers and planners of the Mastheads with Sarah Trudgeon, who is a poet and Jeff Lawrence, who's an English professor. Once we established that core team, we really started to plan and visualize the Mastheads as a three-part project that would explore architecture, creative writing, and literary history and heritage and try to weave all three of those things into the cultural and public experience of Pittsfield. So we started a collaboration with the Pittsfield Public Schools. We started a collaboration with the Pittsfield Parks Department to use their land for the studios. 
We started collaborating with the Berkshire Athenaeum to use their local history resources. So those three branches that I mentioned really are three interrelated aspects of what the Mastheads does. We use the five mobile writing studios to host an annual writer's residency in July where we invite emerging writers from around the country to apply We choose five to inhabit these studios, and the five studios each represent important authors that were working in Pittsfield in the mid-19th century, so Melville, Hawthorne, Thoreau, Longfellow, and Oliver Wendell Holmes. And the idea of bringing five emerging writers here every year to re-inhabit those spaces and reimagine those histories is that we want to recreate Pittsfield as a place that is once again serving as a springboard for a new generation of writers. Absolutely. You kind of already touched on it a little bit. My next question I was going to ask you is, how do you view that relationship between literature or or poetry and place and architecture? Like, what does that mean to you, the connection between those two? That has been, I think, the most joyful part of continuing the masthead. So when it first started, what I mainly understood my own role to be was in designing and helping to create the studios with my partner, Chris. And in the years since that has been complete, there have been months and years of wonderful collaborations, brainstorms, and inventions with Sarah Trudgeon, who is a poet I mentioned, who's the literary director of the Mastheads. And we are continually inventing ways that public space and architecture intersect with poetry. We did a project where we did enormous sidewalk paintings on North Street, where we took lines of poetry from the Pittsfield public school students that Sarah teaches and painted them on the North Street sidewalks in outlines that reflect the elevations of the buildings that they're adjacent to. We have tucked excerpts of poetry into local businesses throughout Guido's, putting little lines of poetry masquerading as produce signs throughout Mm -hmm. the fruits and veggies. We worked with Harry's Supermarket in Pittsfield, which has this wonderful tradition still of doing hand-lettered signs in their front windows every week. We had them hand-letter some lines of poetry. So we're always exploring ways that we can use the poetry that's being created through the Mastheads program to make people excited about moving through public spaces in Pittsfield. We've done a number of billboard projects. So we're always kind of thinking about, okay, what is some sort of backdrop that is spatial in nature that is around us that we can hack into and turn into a poetry project. So that we're continually always experimenting with. The most recent one was a partnership with Milltown Capital, the creation of a literary park in the Morningside neighborhood near the Morningside Community School, which is an elementary school where we began our Poetry in Schools program and which continues to be one of our closest partners for that program. We designed a park around a space where kids could climb on and engage with life-size versions of the 26 letters of the alphabet. And we inscribed lines of poetry from the third grade class on the fence. I think that the explorations in the um, realm of how architecture and poetry react to each other still continue. I think it's something that a lot of people don't think about until they are like presented with it and they they connect the two and they're like, oh, wow, this really makes sense the way I'm understanding this now. And I know I have personally experienced that. So it's cool to hear that. So 
this podcast is aiming to expose the ideas or look at the ideas of how different programs through the Berkshires are building creative skills and capacities that can be transferred to other areas, like other work sectors. So what skills and creative capacities do you hope that these writers and residents take out of this program and then bring back to their own communities or maybe even are reflected here? Yeah, we try to create an environment through the Mastheads where both the residents who are visiting and potentially the scholars who are visiting simultaneously with residents of Pittsfield, whether they're school kids or adults, are all kind of sharing in what we hope is a different and hopefully inspiring way of the city that we all share. Through reflecting on this place that we live, we can actually produce new realities. For instance, in the past two years, we've done two video projects, one of which, the most recent one, was a partnership with residents of the west side of Pittsfield, where we paired resident poems with videos of neighborhood buildings that are slated to be demolished. And that video actually has now been viewed and discussed by the board of Greylock Federal Credit Union, by the Pittsfield Office of Community Development. And so what I find really amazing about the Mastheads is that we continue to find ways that through inviting everyday people to find and share their creative voice as a way to reflect on where we live, that we continue to find new opportunities to shape and improve our public spaces. And that is something that many of the scholars who have come have left feeling very inspired by, and I think many of the writers and residents do as well. And we hope to just continually empower the Pittsfield Public School youth we work with and also adults who live in Pittsfield to feel that creative acts of writing and or design are ways to capture the imagination such that changes can be manifested that may not be able to be imagined Mm -hmm. without these creative outlets and prompts that we set up and invite people to participate in. What are some of the ways that you have noticed Massheads has had an impact on the local community particularly, or the Berkshires as a region, I guess? Yeah. One thing that it has done, which is exciting, is I think the Mastheads unites different parts of the Berkshires in an interesting way. So the fact that the studios are mobile has allowed us to activate different parts of the city of Pittsfield. And also we've had the Masthead Studios installed at Mass Mocha. So the fact that the structures themselves can move have allowed us to bring attention and participation to and from very different and disparate cultural parts of our county. I mentioned the five writers who we designed the studios after looking at their structures where they actually worked when they were here in the 1850s. But another thing that we've done since that inception of the project is to each year look at a different grouping of five Berkshire authors around changing themes. So while the project was initially very Pittsfield-focused in terms of writers that were specifically writing in or about Pittsfield, we've now expanded that to include towns from throughout the Berkshires. So William Cullen Bryant, Fanny Kemble, W.B. Du Bois. So we've really touched on probably a dozen Berkshire towns now in the writers that we've studied and brought to the forefront. So what in some ways remains and wants to be a very Pittsfield-centric project, also I think we have developed in a way that it 
unifies the Berkshires culturally as a historic and kind of heritage-based exploration. Yeah, I think that it goes really well with the whole thinking like a region idea of this podcast with the idea of moving these places around because I think that, it, like you said, it gives a great opportunity to put it somewhere where people might not go all the time and say they're interested in writing and they'll go look at this because they're interested in it. I wanted to ask about the the actual physical places. They're modeled off of what, like the original writers, what they wrote in when they were here? Or? Yeah, so we wanted them to be somewhere between familiar forms and abstract forms. Yeah. So in order to achieve that, we looked at five buildings where each of the five American Renaissance authors I mentioned, Melville, Hawthorne, Thoreau, Longfellow, and Oliver Holmes, actual photographic or in some cases still existing evidence of what building they were physically sitting in or working in mm -hmm. when they were writing here. And we conceptually started sort of chopping up those different buildings into fragments so that each of the five studios reflects some familiar components of each of those five buildings, but from the way that they're trimmed off of those structures becomes in some ways a completely decontextualized shape. So mm -hmm. you see them and they all have versions of a gable roof, an inverted gable roof, a mansard roof, a flat roof, different kind of architectural cues that come from the historic structures. But the way that they look is not something that you would immediately recognize yeah. as familiar or historically referential. Right. I, I've seen them and they, they are very cool looking. You do get that sense that it's modeled after something that is from the past, but it's very, very new and cool feeling. So I like that a lot about them. So what does Massheads as a whole hope to achieve with their work? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think in some ways we have different answers to that with each year that passes. One big decision that we've made recently is to semi-permanently, possibly permanently, install the studios at Arrowhead in Pittsfield. So for the first several years of the project, we were moving all five studios once and sometimes twice a year. And that was not really sustainable in terms of just the amount of labor and time that it took to move them and install them again and again. So we've made the decision for now that, that the Mastheads has created a site partnership with Arrowhead, which is where Melville wrote Moby Dick. Mm -hmm. And we've also introduced a day residency program, which is a new way that the actual use of the studios is not limited only to the July residents, but actually the studios can be reserved and used typically May through October on the grounds of Arrowhead. So any of the five studios can be reserved for a given day. We also try to bring the Pittsfield Public School students each semester of them to use the studios. I think the idea of continuing to bring writers in residence each year remains core to the concept. And in terms of what the public programming looks like, what started off in our first year as very specifically geared toward bringing a scholar to Pittsfield to talk about a specific author has started to become a bit more flexible. We've been partnering with the West Side Legends, who are a neighborhood organization, to create different kinds of public engagement events. So not only a single academic presenting to an audience, but interactive poetry events, more roundtable-type discussions that include local thinkers and activists in addition to outside academics and scholars. So I think that what we'll always have 
is this three-part mission, which connects architecture and public space with poetry and creative writing and literary history and scholarship. But the way our public programming takes shape year to year and kind of adapts to issues at hand, I think that will continue to change. Mm -hmm. What's the future look like for Massheads? I mentioned two of our latest developments, which are the partnership with Arrowhead and the introduction of the day residencies. I think that for me personally, as an architect working in the Berkshires, what I have taken forward with me from the Mastheads is a sense that through listening to and actively partnering with neighborhood groups and citizen groups and hearing from and understanding what different spatial, architectural, or urbanistic goals might be. What I have been empowered by through the Mastheads is an understanding that those ideas, through having a familiarity with the way grant writing happens and other local nonprofits and foundations operate in the Berkshires, that there are so many ways to actually execute partnerships and so many interweavings between goals of both different organizations, but also different groups of people, and that a major skill set, which I continue to hone and I think is really core to the success of the Mastheads having really become a public program that continues to function in the Berkshires, is figuring out how to simultaneously be an active listener, and then how to, upon hearing a need or a request or a desire or a demand, think about the different potential ways that that could be combined with the goals of maybe another partner organization or another group that maybe you've heard speak or who you've collaborated with in the past or starting to understand how to bring together the ideas of multiple voices to create something that actually can receive funding and receive the amount of energy that it really takes to get something off the ground because it's not a one-person job. It's really Mm -hmm. a a 15-person job. My personal work moving forward in the Berkshires, I think, will just continue to be a process of listening to residents, listening to other nonprofit organizations, understanding what the goals of a given town or municipality may be, and then trying to find creative ways to weave those things together to produce wonderful new cultural and creative experiences in public spaces. This has been our conversation with Tessa Kelly, co-founder and design director of MassEds. Thinking Like a Region is a production of the C4 Initiative, Berkshire County's Creative Compact for Collaborative and Collective Impact, based at Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts in North Adams and grant-funded by the National Endowment for the Arts. This podcast is produced by Lisa Donovan and Leslie Applegate. The music you're hearing now is by Pottington Bear and at the beginning of the podcast by Purple Planet. For more information about the show or the C4 Initiative, visit brainworks.mcla.edu slash c4.